You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. We're having a moment right now in women's sports. With this increased visibility comes increased investment and increased participation. And it's good for everyone. And we're just seeing records broken left and right across all different sports. I'm really excited because during the Women's Tour de France, the Women's World Cup is also going to be going on. So there's just going to be an incredible fan fervor across both sports. You know, two of the biggest sports in the world have their biggest women's competition kind of overlapping. So it's going to be wonderful. That was Kate Verano. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. It is that time of year again. The Tour de France and Tour de France Femme avec Zwift are around the corner. With the men's races kicking off on the 4th of July next week and the women's races kicking off on July 23rd. So, of course, I reached out to my friend and Marnie on the Move podcast regular, Kate Verano, who is the director of women's strategy at Swift, to bring us all up to speed on what's new and exciting for the Tour de France femme of X Swift in 2023. If you aren't familiar with Zwift, it is the global online fitness platform for cyclists and runners. Born from gaming, Zwift makes indoor training fun, social, and sweat-drenching. Thousands of cyclists and runners train in imaginary cool worlds like Watopia and the Macquarie Islands, or real-world destinations including New York City, London, Paris, France, and more. Zwift is the title sponsor of the Tour de France Femme of Zwift. And without this pioneering brand and today's guest, Kate Verano, the women's race would be a stage at the end of the men's race on the Champs-Élysées. But it's not. There are eight stages and it's going to be awesome. Today on the podcast, Kate is bringing us up to speed on the 2023 Tour de France Femme of Zwift. From new stages on the course, the teams, cyclists to watch, the jersey point system, in case you're not familiar, travel logistics, and the cool cycling opportunities she has had as a perk of her job. We also talk about the eSports Olympic Series, the Apple Vision Pro, and how that's going to impact Zwift in the future, and what's new on the gaming side of Zwift. Kate and I also talk about her weekly cycling mileage, how she's staying fit, and what she's watching on Netflix. We talk about her uber-talented husband, bespoke bicycle artist Michael Patrick Hurley, aka MPH Paint, on Instagram, and her Great Dane, Bruce, where he got his name and his favorite hobbies. If you like what you hear, leave us a review. It's easy. Head over to wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, click on the Marnie on the Move podcast, five stars, click on leave a review and tell us what you love. Also on Spotify, leave us five stars and share this episode with your friends on social. Take a screenshot of what you're listening to, tag us, and we'll tag you back. Now on to my conversation with Kate. I am so 
excited to sync up with you and catch up with you. You're a regular on the podcast. I'm so psyched to talk to you about the Tour de France Femme of X Swift for 2023. So bring me up to speed. What's happening? You know, how has it grown? How has it evolved? Yeah, we are back uh, July 23rd for the second edition of Tour de France Femme of X Swift. And this year, it's really exciting. A uh, couple great evolutions of the race. Um, we've included a time trial, which is really an iconic element to the Tour de France. So it's a proper time trial. It's actually going to finish uh, the race. It's going to be the final stage, stage eight. So that's going to be really intense. I can't wait. And then we've also added an iconic Tour de France climb in Col de Tourmalet, which is massive. I think it's like 17K. It's huge. Uh, and that's definitely going to help set the GC on stage seven. So these are really just big, um, you know, big improvements to the race. Uh, we want to see the race grow each year. Uh, last year's audiences were off the charts. And, um, you know, this year they're going to be back for even more action. And that's two new stages, right? Uh, that's correct. Well, two, yes, it's it's still the same amount of total stages right, at eight, eight stages, okay. but two stages that really add a lot to um, a stage race. And which ones did you drop? Didn't drop any, um, really. It's just sort of, we went bigger with the climb, you know, and then we added a time trial. So I, I guess, you know what, if we dropped anything, there isn't a real gravel stage this year. <laughs> that was the climb that you did, right? Where at the end, everybody was like slipping and sliding on the... No, that was even different. That, that was even another little bit of uh, dirt on the, um, that was the Super Planche de Belfi. Yeah. Um, that went to about 23, 24%. Uh, and it was like white sand. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we saw a motorcycle just like tip over. Yeah. It was nuts. That's crazy. I can't even imagine. Are there yeah. more teams this year participating, more riders per team? Like, how does that all work? So interestingly enough, actually less teams. Okay. Last year we had 24 teams of six. This year we have 22 teams of seven, which is the right way to go. Um, this will ensure that, you know, the, the right teams are there, that uh, each team has enough riders, you know, to support a, a, an eight-day very intense stage race. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, I think it's, that, again, is another great development. That's very cool. What are this, the roles of the seven different riders on the team for people who want to get into the sport and really want to understand it? Because, you know, like last year, I've been watching the men's Tour de France forever, but I don't think I ever yeah. really paid attention until the women were racing. And then I started paying attention. Nice. Well, that's the beauty of the Tour de France and why this is the most, you know, iconic cycling event that just, you know, is, is the world's most watched annual sporting event. It's a race within a race within a race. There's four jerseys up for grabs. Uh, you have the climbers jersey, the polka dot jersey. You have the green sprinters jersey. Um, you have the young rider, the white jersey that's sponsored by Liv. And then you have uh, the yellow jersey, the overall. So each day, you, you, the teams are vying for points with those jerseys and the overall GC, the general classification. Right. So the rider with the, the least amount of time through that, throughout the whole race is the GC winner. So that's the, the ultimate winner. But each day, there's also points up for grabs on different queen of the mountain points. So like whoever gets up the climb, like the first like five riders up the climb uh, that cross over um, the line at the top of the climb will get points. Right. So 
Uh, and then you also have sprints within each, each race yeah. and then the final sprint of each stage too. So it's really exciting to see um, that, you know, each team will probably have riders that are um, competing for the Queen of the Mountain. So yeah. you'll have a couple climbers that are supporting the overarching like GC contender, right. the, like the rider that they think has got the best shot of winning the whole thing. But then you have a couple other climbers that are helping her. And then you have the sprinters and there's three flat stages. So the sprinters really come into play there. And the sprinters also work to protect the GC rider on a daily basis. And then the young rider jersey is a great way to, you know, put a big spotlight on these up and coming talents. So I love that. I loved, you know, seeing the different winners of the uh, jerseys last year it was really exciting to see a lot of different teams and, and, and regions represented. And then in the end, it was really amazing to see Marianne Voss, who, she, I mean, she's not 25, right? I mean, she's, nope. you know, and that's sort of like hopeful for women who think like, oh, you know, I want to cycle and I want to be competitive, but like I can't be fast because yes. I'm 40. But like, that's not true. I mean, I not sure at all. I think the more you ride, I feel like cycling is one of those things like you get faster later in life. <laughs> at least that's what I hope. Women especially. <laughs> yeah. Women especially in the endurance sports. I mean, Anamiek Van Vluten of Movistar who won the whole race. I believe she turned 40 this year. Yeah. That's incredible. It's amazing. I mean, she's as strong as she's ever been. And uh, Mariana Voss is also in her late 30s and just crushing it. Yeah. So it's really exciting to see. And then this year we also have a ton of new talent just because there's been so many more opportunities with world tour minimum salaries and stuff. So yeah, talk to me a little um, bit about there's some, that. some great up yeah. and coming talent. What What is going on with that? Because I feel like that was, that's always been like an issue, right? For women, like it's not an, I mean, I think for all athletes, but you know, for women specifically, like there's not enough money to be a professional cyclist, like in that salary and you have mm -hmm. to have two jobs, but there's more, like they've increased it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so the, I think it was about four years ago that they instituted finally a um, world tour. So that's the top, top teams, the top. Right. I believe there's 14 or 15 world tour teams on the women's side. They do have a minimum salary requirement, which is, I believe it's uh, over 30,000 euro. And it's probably, and I think there's like a, I have to double check right. the numbers, but it's it's growing each year to match the men's eventually, I think by 2024, 2025. Yes. That was a huge development in terms of really allowing women to be pro racers, right. to to really spend all their time training uh, for the next event and to really to make a living, a livable wage uh, to do it full time. So it's really you've seen the talent and the depth of the Peloton really rise since that was instituted because women don't have to now have. Um, extra jobs on the side or, a, you know, full support system. A lot of the UCI teams, though, still do. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of women out there that do have uh, secondary jobs and stuff. So there's there's still a lot of work to be done at that second level, the UCI. We, you know, there's been a lot of talk about we really need like a another pro rank that's in between sort of the, the UCI and the um, World Tour. Yeah. And on the World Tour, it's not just uh, like Tour de France Femme of X-Wift. It's Harry Roubaix. What are the other races that mm -hmm. people could follow along with? There's tons. Yeah. I think there's there's over 30 now. That's huge. Yeah. So, you know, we have all the spring classics and then you get into, we're now heading into stage race territory. Yeah. We just had the Vuelta Femenina by Carrefour. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that was, there? I think, I think a seven or eight day stage race in, in Spain. Um, 
that's a big one, and that was very exciting. So, so. now I, I know you're a cyclist. I know you love gravel. I mean, are you just geeking out getting to go to all these places and possibly ride some of the stages or participate? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's one of the perks of working in the industry. Um, I also think like staying on my bike makes me feel closer connected to the athletes, to the industry. So yeah. I do always, no matter what I ride. Right. Um, and I have been lucky enough to bring my bike to all sorts of places. I got to ride in Belgium and France when I was there for Perry Bay Femavex Wift in April. Um, I am bringing my bike because we're going to be in the Pyrenees um, for the Tour de France Femavex Wift. So I'll definitely be riding a bit. I love it. I love any chance I get to ride with the team, yeah. with some of the riders. It's a lot of fun, that, you know, and it's just, I, you know, I am a cyclist at heart. I did race. So it just makes me feel closer connected to them. You were racing gravel. You were racing road before you started at Zwift. Um, I raced road yeah. and a little bit of track and I, I've done some gravel races. Yeah. I wouldn't say, I think I did most of them just for fun. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm feeling it, I'll go for it. But I'm not uh, like a top gravel contender, but I do love but it. But now you're so focused on the road stuff and work and travel, right? So you're... Yeah. I see yeah, lots of work and travel, but I, I always stay fit on the bike because I just, it's honestly, it's my social time. It's my headspace. It just keeps me nice and balanced. And I also, I just love the sport. I love the sport. I've, I feel like I've lived like four bike lives. You know, I went, I started really competitively and then sort of went, I worked in bike tours. So I brought people to the men's Tour de France, yeah. you know, to ride those iconic coals and stuff. And now I get to um, to really enjoy the women's side of things and expand my own um, cycling disciplines with like, you know, things like gravel. That's so cool. Did you, so you ride every weekend, right? You do, do you ride Saturday oh, yeah. and Sunday or are you? Um, yeah, typically, yeah. typically. What kind of mileage? I'm a, yeah, that's, um, I, I, you know, I used to be about 200 miles a week, but now I'm close to 150, I'd say. So I'll usually do a couple big rides on weekends, something like 50 to 70 miles on a weekend ride. And then during the week I stay fit, you know, there's a great app uh, where I get to ride indoors and really just knock out a good 45 minutes to an hour. And it keeps me fit for everything I want to do on the weekends. I was on Zwift for the last like four days, three days doing indoor rides. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it was great. Nice. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna, nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> no <Nope>. wildfires. <laughs> I'm going to get on and train. Good. Yeah, I hope that, yeah. yeah, I hope that Zwift provides some relief for people that want to want to work out during these tough times. But yeah. It's great for my training too, like all the interval sessions and I love doing the crit races. I just drop in. I'm not consistent, so but I love it when I'm in. Yeah, you can push yourself indoors. Yeah. I mean, without all, you strip away all the other factors. Yeah. You know, you don't have stoplights. You don't have other, you know, other cyclists or dogs or walkers or runners or, yeah. you know, stop signs. So you can really be incredibly efficient with your intervals. I love it because like I don't have as much time as I used to have. Right. And so to be able to kind of get a good session in and really, you know, keep that top end. It's a lot of fun and social. Yeah, it's very, so I love, I mean, I'm very social on Zwift when I'm on there. So yeah. All right. Just dropping in here to give a shout out to our partners, AG1. I started drinking AG1 daily over a year ago. I was looking for an all-in-one nutritional supplement that was easy to add to my daily wellness routine. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. It helps build your health foundation first. I drink mine while making my coffee in the morning. With just one scoop, I get the nutrients and gut health support to thrive throughout my day and cover my nutritional bases. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. 
Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash Marnie on the move. That's drinkag1.com slash Marnie on the move. Check it out. Can we be expecting any new worlds coming up or courses? I mean, there is something very cool coming uh, this fall that I can't quite talk about yet. Okay. Um, but I will say, you know, we get really excited. Um, our peak, um, you know, kind of season is starts basically in October, where most of our bigger markets are starting to go inside more. Yeah. So we, um, you know, we we save some really exciting developments, exciting rollouts for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, Zwift Academy is going to be back this year. That's another awesome program. Yeah. Um, that's a great community training program, but also there's a pro contract up for grabs for both a, a man, a man and a woman. Um, we've got this, uh, this July is really exciting too. We have the eSports, I think it's actually late June, the Olympic eSports series. That's incredible. And that is like, to me, I mean, that, that we're all like kind of, you know, trying to see the future of esports, and, and, you know, this is with the IOC. So who knows uh, in the coming, you know, Olympics, what could happen? That's a really you know, big we're, deal. We're kind of proven the, you know, the concept right now. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's huge. And then what about like in terms of putting up the races and riding the stages? Are you guys going to do that again this summer, like during the Tour de France? Yeah, we'll have some content on the platform mm-hmm. for those that want to ride during the tour. It is kind of, what are we calling our Zwift Ride Series? And it's Watch the Femme is the theme. Yeah. So what we're doing is rides in our France worlds, and it's got all the decor from the race. Yeah. So like kind of the, the it'll actually look like a, like, you know, you're riding through the countryside in France during the race with the, the boards on the side and arches with the official Tour de France Femmevix Zwift logo with riders' names on the on the tarmac. Um, so it's fun. It definitely yeah. gets people in the spirit. There's a giant Watch the Femme hot air balloon floating through France, you know, and it's 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 great. It gets people excited about the race and um, really drives home this message of Watch the Femme, which is visibility is the key to the future success of this race and, the you know, the women's cycling scene where can people tune in to watch the tour de france femme of x swift so it it depends on your region um it's going to be on eurosport it's going to be on peacock and nbc in the u.s sbs in australia if you pay attention to our instagram Mm -hmm. at go swift or la tour femme instagram the official instagram of the race uh, you can see where to watch in your region. Or you can also just, you know, if you Google Tour de France Femme of X-Zwift, you'll get to the website that has it kind of outlined. Okay. You know, cycling is an interesting space. And it, when it comes to broadcast, there's a whole bunch of different broadcasters. I think there was like 80 broadcasters, you know, or wow. 80 channels that it was on last year. Yeah. Yeah, depending on your region, but you'll be able to find it. Are those partnerships that you guys set up or it's like people come at will? and That's all through the ASO. The ASO works with the broadcast partners. So and they've been doing a good job of it. We're going to have at least two and a half hours of coverage every day. And I do know for a fact that one of the stages, one of the very exciting stages, you're going to have full coverage from the start to the finish. How are you seeing the sport of cycling grow? Well, we are seeing cycling really grow. I mean, there's I, uh, one thing I'm really seeing is a lot of athletes, pro athletes from other sports cycling either during their career to cross train or post career because it's really good on the joints. 
So my husband's a bike painter and he's painted a bike recently for Reggie Miller and for Jimmy Graham, like, you know, that's NBA and NFL. There's a lot of, there's a F1 drivers that ride bikes, you know, motocross that ride bikes for training. Ash Barty, one of the top tennis players in the world who recently retired, uh, she's a big cyclist as well. So like you see a lot of a lot of athletes training on bikes, a lot of really famous athletes training on bikes. LeBron is known to ride through L.A. I've seen a lot of pro triathletes cross over to gravel this year, too, like Heather, oh, Heather yeah. Jackson. Um, Heather's amazing. She's incredible. Yep. Just dropping in here to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Nick's Biosensors. As a triathlete, I've always known having a proper hydration strategy is important for performance. I've often had too much water on the bike, resulting in a sloshy stomach on the run, and on occasion, not had enough electrolytes in my water. Creating an optimal plan hasn't been easily accessible until I discovered NYX Hydration Biosensor. Many athletes think, drink when you're thirsty. The research shows athletes who practice this strategy are actually consuming about half the fluids they've lost during exercise, even in colder temps. And the margins are slim. At a level of just 2% dehydration, athletes can already start to feel sluggish and heavy-legged. Thankfully, I recently discovered the NYX Hydration Biosensor. This new non-invasive biosensor is worn on your bicep while you're running or cycling and quantifies fluid and electrolyte losses in real time during a workout. It integrates with Apple Watch and Garmin devices and is available on both iOS and Android. I've been using NYX for a few months now, and I'm blown away by the personalized and actionable information it provides, including my own personal sweat composition, which helps to inform my decision when choosing electrolytes. Before a workout, I stick the device onto my arm and start the workout in the NYX app. Since I've been using it, I've had some of my best training sessions. Use my code MARNIE20 for 20% off on a NYX Hydration Biosensor so you can create your own personalized hydration strategy. Learn more about this revolutionary sweat science at NYXBiosensors.com. So can we talk about your husband for a second? Because Oh, anytime. I was going to ask you, is he a bike painter? Because I, yeah. his Instagram, so, you know, I follow you on Instagram and like, yeah, I know you have these two awesome dogs. They're great. One dog, one dog now, or yeah, one, one dog now. Yes, okay, one, one great, great Dane. Dane. Um, I did have two. Did, I'm sorry, <laughs> and I will have two again. Okay, yes, I have two dogs too, <laughs> and I've got yes. one on the back. One wait, like I'll, I'm ready for the next one. Like oh, I, I don't want wait. my dogs to, to die, but I want another dog. Yeah. But no, but seriously, no. I noticed that your husband was a bike painter, and I just think that like a lot of people don't talk about that. And I was thinking maybe he should come on the podcast because. Oh, I mean, yeah. first of all, he is a seriously talented artist. The work that he does, like I've seen his Instagram, and that is like uh-huh. next level. It's like pimp Thank your ride you. next level. It's pretty crazy. So it's MPH Paint. Yeah. Uh, his name is Michael Patrick Hurley. So MPH is really fun as a, uh, a name for his business. Yes. And yeah, you know, Mike was always an artist. Like I met him, he just was fresh out of uh, RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. And he was always an artist, always doing different things. But he came from like skateboarding. And we got into bikes together. This is 20 years ago. We've been together 20 years. We got into bikes together. And he, like I love just, I want to ride as hard as I can, get up the climb as fast as I can. Like I want to race and train. And I just loved it as a competitive outlet. He loved it. I mean, he loved to ride. We loved to ride together, but he loved 
the artistry of bikes, the yeah. craftsmanship of bikes, the design of bikes. I mean, you look at like bikes have such a gorgeous history of design. The first posters were really like, you know, like for for bike, you know, races, for um, bike brands. Yep. Uh, it's such an old art form and such a beautiful, simple machine. And he's always loved that side of it. And it started a while back. He, like, I I broke a bike frame and I got it fixed and then it needed to be repainted. And when we got a quote for repainting it, it was kind of high. And he was like, I'll just do it myself. (laughs) And that, you know, quickly spun into, um, a really, like him really finding a real passion and talent for doing this. And, he does things uh, with bike paint that you just, it's like, it's like truly next level. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. MPHpaint.com. Yeah. Or, so, yeah, it's, or actually it's, a, yeah, it's MP, yeah, it is MPHpaint.com, but Instagram's the best I'll put one. it on the links in the, sh- in the show notes. Great. But I, because I was thinking, first of all, I was thinking he should be on the podcast because I love art, yeah. I love artists and I love that he's doing this with bikes, but I, I always see these like cr- crazy bikes at you know iron man mm-hmm. races and i know that the brands are not manufacturing them that way like yeah. i know they're like you know people are totally having their bikes pimped out and like yeah it's amazing and and that i would do that yeah i don't know like i always think you know i never like the frames like i just got a tt bike like it's beautiful yeah. but i would totally like i have extra bikes in my house which is a problem yes. as well but I would like it to be like a cool Marnie on the move bike, like my colors or, oh, man, you know, like it. that's so fun. You know, I, I don't know. And then I'm it like, it really is fun. I joke that it comes with extra watts, like yeah. my, my custom painted bike that just like feels like an, an extension of, of my personality. My bikes are all I'm a, a massive animal fan. I just love animals. Yes. And so my bikes, I have a, a bike that is um, right behind me. Actually, it looks like a giraffe. OK, uh, yeah. it's a giraffe. Uh, paint job. I have a leopard print canyon, um, yeah. and then I have, and it's a pink to uh, red, like or pink, pink to purplish red. Right, like your kit, um, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. And then I have a dirt bike that's painted with, uh, inspired by a peacock, with cool. some like really incredible kind of gold feathers and stuff. So yeah, I'm really spoiled with the bikes, but I, I love seeing. Um, Mike is such a talented craftsman, and I love seeing him find find something that just you know it makes us both so happy. It makes it, people really enjoy it, and yeah, it feels really personal. And it, it that bike, you know, biking you can express yourself in so many ways through your yeah. your kit and your style and your sock height and <laughs> you know your caps. You know me, my caps. So it's pretty cool, you know. And that's just a really that's an extra way to do it. Did he do the the beautiful Zwift bikes? He did some of the early ones. Okay. Yes. He doesn't do he hasn't done the last couple, but yes, he's done a couple of the earlier ones and he's designed one of the more recent ones. Okay. The cat not the canyons. He did uh, the there was the Canyon uh TT bike, uh Zwift Academy yes. try. So he did one of those. Yeah. Uh, not this past year, the year okay. before, I think it was. Cool. And uh yeah, and he's done some other ones. They're really nice. You should you should like auction them off for some charity, those bikes that they yes. did. I'm sure you guys are way ahead of me on that one, but I, <laughs> I feel like they were so like I just saw someone post about it on LinkedIn too. It's re- it's really fun. And it's great, honestly, it's great for the bike brands as well, because yeah. it just calls attention to, you know, the the actual machine. And it's 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 a great way to, you know, 
you know, it just it, it, it feels fun riding a bike that's uh, really feels like an extension of you. Yeah. And speaking of Swift, have you seen over the last year since last summer, like a huge increase in female riders on Swift? Because I know you're the head of women's strategy for the brand. Yeah. So we, you know, I wouldn't say it's massive when we don't expect it to, you know, be so fast like that. But we, especially in some key markets, we've seen like 10% growth, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole goal of our sponsorship of Tour de France Femme of X-Wift and Paris Bay Femme of X-Wift is to inspire participation around the world, is to get more eyes on, on women, on bikes, and get people excited about, you know, chasing their bike dreams, whatever they may be. Um, so yeah, we, we've been excited to see a lot more women getting on bikes and also watching bike racing yeah, too. Yeah, it's so, pretty cool. It's and there's so much innovations on on the platform on Swift. Yeah, we're steering. Yeah, new game versions. It's pretty cool. I'm so proud of our product team right now because we are just rolling out so many just even even smaller like improvements that you might not know right away but always improving the um, dynamics of the riders. We just added the coffee uh, the coffee stop, which I'm really excited about. So you're on a ride, you're in a group, and either you, maybe you need to go to the bathroom, maybe you need to fill up your bottle, maybe you drop something, but you can, you can hit the coffee uh, symbol and uh, it gives you like a three minute break and it keeps your rider where they were. So in the pack. Yeah. So it's 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 not disruptive to the ride. So you've got to jump off and like maybe somebody's at the door. You know, I've yeah. used it for so many things. So it's called the co- coffee stop. And um, that's been a really, really popular uh, development. Are donuts next? <laughs> oh, man. I, I love donuts. I know. I did my donut ride this morning. That's my Friday every day, every Friday. You ride. So ride. You, ride you ride to work too, right? Like you ride every day. No, yeah. I actually don't. I, um, I go into the office maybe two, twice a week. Um, occasionally I will ride. I haven't been lately just cause I, I tend to have, uh, early meetings. So I just don't quite have yeah. the time cause it takes me a good hour and a half to get to the office. And besides cycling and just Zwift, what are you up to? Are you watching yeah. anything good? Are you reading anything good? Are you, oh yeah. What are you, yeah, what are you doing? Let's, yeah. I mean, I'm always, I, let's see, I, I do read a lot. I'm, I am practicing French, of course. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in France in the next couple of years. So I'm working on my France, my French. And uh, I finally finished Succession and Ted Lasso. And let's see, I liked Poker Face. That was kind of fun. Always up for new movies. I've been watching more French movies too, because that's a great way to learn. And I love classic movies. So a lot of like the French new wave is a lot of fun. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of time with my great Dane and, and I cook and I, I, I also got a new ping pong table, Ooh. which uh, it, it really is so much fun. And it really brings out the my competitive nature. But it's also like a great break. Like my husband and I both work from home during the day yeah. and to be able to like, hey, pong at 12 and like just a quick game, you know, and just kind of, you know, yeah. gets the, the blood flowing. And, you know, it's just a great way to break up the day. That's so, that's fun. Yeah, it's like we work at your house. You've got all the toys, you've got your dog, you've got a ping pong table. Tell me about your dog, because I know this is like a new thing that I'm doing on the podcast where I'm asking people about their dogs. So what's your dog's name? Yep, he is back there. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. he's like, he's a lazy Dane, so you don't see him, but he's 155 pounds of love back there. Oh, my gosh. And he is jet black. We we adopted him at one year old, and he has the cropped ears, which I'm not a big fan of, but it makes him look like Batman. Uh-huh. And so he's Bruce Wayne. Okay. And he's an absolute love. 
He is really, uh, they call them Velcro Danes because they are just attached to your side. And, you know, they just follow you around the house and I'm in the kitchen and I, I can't turn around too fast because he's right there. Lovable, lovable big guy, super sweet, gentle giant. Uh, I have so much, he's my third Dane. That's my breed. I love Great Danes and plenty of them out there that need homes. How did you get into that breed? Where did you discover the dogs? Yeah, it was interesting. Like when Mike and I first got together way back, um, we both were like, you know, we we bought a house and we're like, let's get a dog. It's time, you know? And I was like, well, what kind of dog do you want? He was like, Great Dane. I'm like, what kind of dog do you want? Great Dane. It was, it was so easy. Funny. It was like, we both yeah. were big people. I'm six feet. He's six foot four. And I think we just gravitate towards those big breeds. Yeah. And there's something goofy and funny and sweet about a Great Dane. Like, yeah, they're they're a very uh, quirky breed. Mm-hmm. And you really got to, you know, you got to be comfortable having basically livestock roaming your house. You know? I yeah. Mean, it feels like there's like a baby cow just walking around. That's so um, cool. But, I love but, it. You know, they, they're lap dogs and they're, uh, they get along really well with other dogs. They have no idea their size. Really? Just oh my ride. God. That's hysterical. So they're lap dogs. So they just like come over 150 yeah. pounds. They're very cartoonish, which is why Scooby-Doo yes. and Marmaduke, um, that there's like literally comics made after these because they're a riot. They're an absolute riot. They just, he's so entertaining and so sweet and a big part of our lives. What is his favorite thing to do? Uh, Bruce? Yeah. Tug. He likes to play tug okay. all day long. He just wants to play tug. He just, you know, about three o'clock in the afternoon, he comes over with, like with his uh, with his rope and he just starts, you know, kind of looking at me. I'm like, I, I, buddy, I got a couple more meetings. That's so funny. <laughs> Does, has his personality changed like since the pandemic, like since you've been working from home versus like when you didn't work? From oh, home? yeah. Oh, yeah. He He's really offended when I do have to go into the yeah. office. He does not like to be left alone. Uh, he's he's definitely spoiled by our, our constant presence. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's been great. Honestly, it's really, it's been one of the nicer things about working from home yeah. is being able to kind of hang out with him during the day. And, you know, we really enjoy each other. And my, my coworkers love it when he gets on camera. Yeah. Um, his head's way bigger than mine. It's very <laughs> so funny. So cute. I love it. Do you, yeah. what do you feed him? Like, do you have like a special dog food that you like or... It's nothing crazy. It's like a large breed formula yeah. that he um, he does dry food and like uh, and wet food. So and that was uh, from our previous Dane. He kind of got spoiled because our previous Dane did have a little bit more dietary like needs. Yeah. And then you know now this guy just gets to eat really well. That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. So he's sleeping, which my dogs are also yep. doing right now. Usually, yep. like they have completely changed since the pandemic like they yeah I have two like two totally different personality dogs so I have a terrier who is Mm -hmm. OCD so every two and a half hours he needs to eat and he's older so he comes over and like he knows the time I have no I have like no idea and then the other dog is an Australian Labradoodle who he's kind of chill but he also wants to go out yeah. Every, and he doesn't have, it's not about going out. Like he just wants to go outside. So it's, I try to time it together. So it's like every, like yeah. my productivity is like decreased, even though I'm working from home and I've always done that. It's just like, now yeah. I'm also a dog walker. <laughs> yep. I love it. They're, you know, they give back so much more than they take. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. So now are you really excited to go to France and when do you leave and what is that going to look like for you? I can't wait. Um, last year, you know, it was it was so exciting. The first year, you know, of the the modern edition of the race, um, but there were so many questions and so many yeah. unknowns. And this year, we kind of can 
go there with a little bit more uh, strut in our step because it was such a great first edition that we have such incredible base to build off of. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited. Um, the course is going to create some incredible daily races. Yeah. You know, each each stage is going to be highly contested, incredible breakaways. They really the, the course really suits the very aggressive sort of style mm -hmm. of women's racing. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be one of those things you just don't want to miss a minute of it yeah. because anything can happen. You're going to see a lot of different stage winners throughout the week, which is going to be great. Um, the overall GC contenders, it is not a shoe-in for anyone. You have to get through each day, uh, which is going to bring its own challenges and surprises and chaos. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be... It's in a beautiful region of France, and uh, I know the crowds are going to come out like they did last year. Um, you know, we had, yeah, oh, it was incredible. It was absolutely so heartwarming. So many families out there, young boys and girls watching the race, and just you know, we're normalizing women racing bikes. It's great. Where do you see, like, the most fans? Is there a certain stage of the course that people, like, really go to yeah the the climbs it, you know so last year the super planche de Belfi was where uh the race finished on a very steep climb and you know the crowds love the climbs because you get to honestly you see they're going a little slower yeah so yeah. you know because they you know they're climbing so you get to see a little bit more um of the action and it's fun it's a great party scene on the climbs like i mean you're like you know five six people deep along the boards yeah um, just giant crowds and everybody banging on the boards while the riders go by and in helicopters above, there's this whole uh, atmosphere yeah. that is electric I and I cannot wait. I loved the coverage. I watched it on Peacock. It's so good. It was, I mean, I didn't know there was just so much like history and like so much. It's, it's into a truly it. yeah. beautiful, it's a beautiful race to watch. They do such a great job. It's truly a tour de France. Yeah. So you get to hear all this backstory about the different regions. Um, they do a wonderful job with just, you know, capturing the countryside. Yeah. And and then you have also, you know, it's it's this incredible sporting event, yeah. you know, every day. So it's 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 really an, an incredible uh, fan experience. What are the logistics like for you? Like, do you, and I might be asking for me too, uh, you fly mm -hmm. in, where do you fly into Paris and then you drive? How does it work? This yeah. year I'm actually flying into, um, I think I'm flying into Lyon, okay. which is kind of close to the start of the race. The race is not starting in Paris this year. Okay. The women are going to have their own start in uh, Clermont-Ferrand. So the race will start in this iconic tour town, Clermont-Ferrand. They're incredibly excited to have us that's awesome um, and yeah so the women get their own grand depart you know um and uh so i'll fly into there and every day i kind of go to the start and the finish sometimes i get to go to a little bit on the course but mostly i honestly want to get to the finish so i can watch it you know on tv uh you know before they come into the finish i don't like to miss a minute of it so are you guys so. are like on the road also like all day long right like you're yeah, it's a very, um, I, I remember last year, I kind of, I kind of prepped my team. I've been to the Tour de France quite a bit when I was in bike tours. Yes. They are long days. Yeah. It is long days, long days, either in a car or on a bike. You know, there's a lot of moving around and it's, it's kind of exhausting. Yeah. Like, you know, so you have to really bring your A game. You got to get sleep when you can get it. Um, a lot of sunblock and um, you're kind of ready for anything and just, 
Yeah, you're following a race, and it truly, you know, uh, it, it starts and ends in a different place every day, so there's a lot of movement. This year, I am pretty excited, though. The first stage starts and ends in claremont Ferrand, so that'll be great for crowds. And then um, the last stage as well in Poe is a time trial, so that course is going to be, it's like a 20K course that's just going to be lined with fans. And it starts July 24th, 20. 23rd. 23rd. Yep. Sunday, July 23rd. It's the final day of the men's. Okay. So you can kind of catch the end of the men's and the beginning of the women's. So, you know, you never have to stop watching Tour de France. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, this has been super informative and educational. Yeah, I definitely watch the femme. This year, we're actually going to be selling our cap. Oh, cool. Um, our watch the femme cap and with proceeds going to the Cyclist Alliance, which helps support the women's pro peloton. So a portion of each sale will go to the Cyclist Alliance. And this this message to me is, it's even bigger than cycling. We're having a moment right now in women's sports with this increased visibility comes increased investment and increased participation. And it's good for everyone. And it, we were just seeing records broken left and right across all different sports. I'm really excited because during the Women's Tour de France, the Women's World Cup is also going to be going on. So there's just going to be an incredible fan fervor uh, across both sports. You know, two of the biggest sports in the world have their biggest women's competition kind of overlapping. So it's going to be That's amazing. Wonderful. So women and men everywhere can tune in and watch. You can like go yes. to your Instagram on Zwift and find out where yep. to watch on their local channels. Yep. That's so awesome. It's really exciting. I'm excited to be part of this whole like women's sports, uh, like eyeballs, visibility. It's very exciting. It's a great, like as a, as a sponsor, yeah. I, I love it. It's, it's a great return on your investment and it's, it feels like it's never going to go back the way it was, you know, yeah. that women's sports are here to stay, that the fans have spoken and it's, it's just great. I mean, I, I've, I've never been able to watch this much women's sports yeah. and I love I it. I would love to see some of the women cyclists, pers like there's so many great personalities, like when you start to dial in and dive into the riders, like to hear their stories and just like, I feel like they should be like more mainstream. I feel like that's happening though. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, but there's, like, that's yeah. another thing you'll get when you yeah. watch, you'll get some of these backstories about, you know, some of these women, uh, like were, uh, you know, they're doctors, yeah. they're, uh, you know, they're, they have different uh, degrees. They have, di they've played different sports. They've been Olympians in different sports. I mean, it's incredible. The backstories, so that's another real positive. And the, the commentators that cover the Tour de France Femme of Ex-Wift are really familiar with the women's peloton. Yeah. So they kind of know all these like kind of fun, you know, fun characters. It gets me very excited to be out on my bike. Yes. I love it. That's the whole point. We want to get people excited about riding bikes. I ride down 9W and I ask people like men and they, they're not they're not yeah. watching. And I'm like, how are you not watching this? Like, how do you yeah. not watch it? It's my favorite thing to do is I pretty much make sure everybody knows <laughs> yeah. that this is going on. And a lot of people are like, wait, there wasn't a Tour de France for women? And I'm like, no, yeah, this is, you know. It was a know. stage, so it was confusing. It's a long time coming. Yeah. What about Paris-Roubaix? Are you guys uh, Zwift sponsoring oh. Paris-Roubaix too? Yes. So we had just the second edition of Paris-Roubaix Femvex Zwift this April. An incredible winner in Allison Jackson, a North American, Canadian, yeah. won the race, wins the race, puts out her bike and starts dancing. She's known for her TikTok dances. She's quite the character, quite the personality um, from the team EF Education, TIBCO, Silicon Valley Bank, mm -hmm. uh, an American team. And she is, she's so good for the sport. 
like so good for the sport. So I was, I saw, I saw that and I'm like, I mean, I, I was at the race and then I, I came home and watched it again because it was so thrilling. Nice. And then just to see somebody that, you know, is bringing new fans to the sport is really exciting. Now, are you allowed to say like who you're, you can't, right? Like say like, who are you, who should people like look out for? Like, do you have any predictions? Oh no. You know what? I, I mean, I don't usually, I don't really say who I think is going to win, but I know who the contenders are. You know, and I get really excited. Demi Volering from SD Works right now is kind of the best rider in the world right now in terms of like just crushing it early on in the season. But there's a big question mark. Is she going too hard too soon? Where Annemiek van Vluten might be playing her cards right, where she uh, she won the race last year. She hasn't looked like she's in top form yet, but you don't necessarily want to be in top form till the race happens. And then uh, we have Canyon Sram Racing, who, you know, as a, as a sponsor of the team for the past seven years, I've been very close to that team and I love them. And uh, they have a couple incredible climbers. Uh, their leading climber being Kasia Niwadoma from Poland, who got third last year in the race. And I could see her also having an absolutely incredible race because she's so well supported. Like her team, that team is really gelling right now. So I can't wait to see. I mean... You really have, um, you know, women from all over the place. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's very, there's a, there's a lot of depth to the women's pro peloton right now. So like I said, there's going to be different, incredible breakthrough performances every day from different teams. So it'll be great to see. And now is Swift planning to sponsor other world tour events in the future or are these two? Well, right focus? now, this is, yeah, this is the biggest race in, you know, in women's cycling and the second biggest race in the world. I mean, you know, there's, you know, yeah, so it's, it's as big as it gets. And I think that we just want to make sure that this race succeeds because that's going to bring more investment into the sport for yeah. all the other races um, and just continue to kind of build the, the economy of women's cycling. So uh, our, our focus is going to be on Tour de France Femmevec Swift yeah. for uh, the next three years and Paris Bay Femmevec Swift for the next three years as well. And who knows? I mean, I, I say at least three years. All right. So. Now, my last question. Mm -hmm. I was watching the Apple announcement. Oh, yes. I wonder if Swift is onto this yet, like in terms of the Apple Vision Pro and... Yes, it's pretty cool. So we actually had VR. We have like we have VR capacity. We did we did do some um, testing with VR uh, years ago. I actually remember I was on. I, I helped run a Zwift North America tour where we were demoing um, Zwift the product in different like bike shops and stuff all around the country. We had a VR setup too, okay. and you could you could see that. This I'm pretty excited about this headset because apparently it's like it's way more suited to physical activity yes. than some of the previous ones. I you never know. I mean we have a virtual world. We get really excited about innovation. I think our world is beautiful and rich and I'd love to see it uh, even have a little bit more dimension. So who knows? All right. You know. Awesome. Well, have a great weekend. Happy cycling. Thank you. You too. Thanks for a great combo as always. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. 
email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. <laughs>